0: Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. If you're interested in more information about our church, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church. Okay. Well, let's uh, take our Bibles. We're going to go to the book of Colossians, uh, chapter number 3. And uh, if you're just joining with us, uh, we're, we've are we been going through the book of Colossians. Uh, Philippians, but we're going to take a little break uh, from there uh, this week because uh, since this uh, week is a time that our nation has set aside a day uh, to uh, have a day of gratitude and um, enjoy time with family, and we call it Thanksgiving. Um, I thought it'd be a, a great reminder to remind us what God's Word teaches us about gratitude. And, uh, you know, gratitude is, is actually a, a constant theme that is throughout the Word of God. Uh, in fact, it is mentioned over 150 times in scripture, and 33 of those times about gratitude, uh, it is tied with a command to actually be thankful. So there's a lot that God's Word has to say about having gratitude or being thankful and uh, here in Colossians, I just really want to have some time to really highlight uh, some of this, and really, you know, are we are we a people of gratitude? I, I think that this is one of those things that uh, we all struggle with. Um, you know, we, we live in a culture today that is uh, that that is always trying to tell us you don't have this. And so you want that. Instead of just being thankful or content with what we have, the culture that we live in is always trying to tell us, well, no, you need this, you need that, you need this, you need that. And we're, we're constantly reminded of that. Um, but in reality, you know, we, we have so much in life. We We really do. And here's just a few examples of things that we already do uh, have. For example, did you know if you own just one Bible, you are really abundantly blessed because one third of the world does not even have access to one. Um, if you woke up this morning with more health than you did illness, you are blessed since a million people in the world will not survive this week if you have never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, or the pangs of starvation, you are ahead of 500 million people around the world. If you attend a church meeting without fear of harassment, arrest, or torture of death, you have something amongst three billion people in the world could really only imagine. If you have food, you are richer than three-fourths of this world. If you have money in the bank, in your wallet or purse, and you have spare change in a dish someplace, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. If you prayed yesterday and today, you are in the minority because you know that God hears and answers prayers. So we are really abundantly blessed with things. And you know, there's a lot of things that we can be thankful for, and rightly so, but is that what thankfulness is? I mean, just thanking God for stuff that we have, right? Like, thank you for this stuff that I have. I mean, is that what real thankfulness is just because we're thankful for the stuff? You know, no doubt we we live here in the United States, and we've been abundantly blessed. And uh, you know, all of us that live here in the United States uh, were abundantly blessed. Even those that mock God, uh, those that are rebellious towards Him, and have been—they have been blessed. Uh, Jesus reminded us of this in uh, Matthew five forty-five. He says, "For He makes His sun rise on the evil and on the good." And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So that leads me to ask this question. What really is thankfulness, right? Like, what is that? I mean, is it just having this attitude of thank you for this stuff that I have? I mean, is that what true thankfulness really is? And so we're going to look here in Colossians uh, 3, verses 1 through 17. And there's three verses, primarily verses 15, 16, and 17, that uh, they are really, I guess, kind of the capstone of the Christian life. I mean, this is the result of, of somebody who is living a life that uh, is following after Christ, living in the fullness of Christ. And uh, really, they're kind of, in a way, kind of the summit of, of, the, of the Christian life here. And the main theme of these verses is is gratitude. And and Paul describes gratitude in in three different ways here out of verses 15, 16, and 17. And uh, I believe that um, once you get behind the heart of, of, of why, We are to be thankful. You'll you'll see how this all plays out here uh, in uh, these verses that we're going to look at here, verses 1 through 17. And so I've titled this message, True Thankfulness, because um, I believe it should change our understanding of just being thankful for stuff, okay? Um, It's it's more, thankfulness is more than just a word. It's a lifestyle, and, and hopefully you'll see that uh, as, we, as we move through these verses here. So here's what I'd like for you to take away with you today. I can experience true thankfulness by living out my fullness in Christ. I can experience true thankfulness by living out my fullness in Christ. So let's take notice here a uh, few things. First of all, true thankfulness begins by being raised and seeking Christ. Colossians 3, verse 1 through 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, notice how how Christ-centered these verses are. In fact, Paul mentions the word or the term Christ four times in these verses here. He says, if you have been raised with Christ, he says, were you to be seeking the things where Christ is, He tells us about that our life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, right? It's all centered around Christ. So if we're going to have true thankfulness, it begins by being raised and seeking after Christ. You see, these verses show us the beginning life for the Christian. You are risen with Christ, So there was a resurrection in your life. So if you've never had a resurrection experience, meaning the fact that you have died to sin and you've been raised with Christ, you don't really understand what true thankfulness really is. Because he talks about this idea of being if you have been raised with Christ. He tells us to seek the things that are above. So if there was a resurrection, then that that means that there was also a death. So the logical conclusion is that without a resurrection with Christ, you don't know Christ. You've never known him. There's not been a resurrection experience with him. You see, no matter how moral you think you are, no matter how religious you think you are, there must be a death to sin and a resurrection with Christ. And if that has never happened in your life, then you are without God and you are still in your sins. You see, God's call to you is that you turn from your sins and you turn to Christ. You repent of your sin and you believe the gospel. And so we find that that Jesus was the one that took our punishment for our sins upon the cross. He bore the wrath of God on the cross for us so that we might have a resurrection experience so that we might know him. And so really this is the foundation of our relationship with Christ, being resurrected with him. And so for the Christian who has believed the message of salvation, our desire should be to continue in our salvation and grow. That's the whole idea here. If then you have been raised, right? If this is true about you, then what are you supposed to be doing? Seeking the things that are above. That's a continuation of our salvation and our growth And so the whole point here is that we are growing in our relationship with Christ and that we would live a life of true thankfulness. How do we get to that point as it says here in verses 15 and 17, right? To be thankful with thankfulness in your heart and to be giving thanks to God the Father through all, right? How do we get to that point? Well, then we have to be seeking Christ, a continuation of that. And so we have to understand that uh, our relationship with Christ is based upon our growth in him, as we are seeking after him, as we are seeking the things that are above. And so this has everything to do with who we are in Christ, our identity. And so what Paul teaches us here in these verses is that we have two sides to our identity in Christ. Look what he says here. First of all, we have died with Christ. Look at verse number three. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So we have died. So he wants us to understand that when we trusted in Jesus Christ, we became identified with with him in death. We have died with Christ. We're dead. And so the problem with this truth is is, uh, I think many times that many of us don't feel dead to sin, right? We have the temptation, uh, which is often our old nature. uh, It feels very alive and well, and it's tempted to sin. And he says, you have died. And so there's a strong inner desire to indulge in sin. So what does that mean, that I am dead to sin in Christ? Well, how can this help me overcome sin? Well, see, death in the Bible is described as a separation. And so we have died to ourselves. We've died to sin. We've been separated from that old nature. And that old nature should not have rule and reign in our lives anymore. And so we have died to sin. And so if we're joined to Christ by faith, we're one with him in his death, is what he's teaching us here. And we're divorced from that old life. We shouldn't live that way anymore. And that old life was a tyrant, right? Um, It uh, kept us in sin. And so now we're married to a new husband, Christ. And that uh, Christ, he's the one that gives us new life and freedom from sin. So we have died. But here's the second thing. We have been raised with Christ. And he tells us here, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. But he tells us here in verse number one, if then you have been raised with Christ, In fact, uh, Colossians chapter two, verses uh, 12 and 13 teach us a little bit more about this. It says, having been buried with him in baptism, there's that death, right? In which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses, And so verse one tells us here, we've been raised with Christ. And see, these are true statements. These are not feelings. These are facts. These are true statements about who we are in Christ, that we've been raised with him and there's been a resurrection. And so like being united with Christ in his death, being raised up with him is not a matter of feeling, but one of fact. You see, when Jesus was raised from the dead, if by faith we're in him, the Bible tells us here, we also were raised. And so being raised up with Christ teaches us that salvation is not a matter of human decision or willpower, but rather of God's mighty power imparting life to us, right? Isn't that amazing? That God gives us life us who were dead, he gives us life and we're resurrected with him. So being raised up with Christ means that all that is true of Christ is now true of us because we're in him. The believer is in Jesus Christ. We are totally identified with him. Now, what does that have to do with thankfulness then? A lot take a look here at verse number two. Look what it says. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. What are we to be thankful for? Christ. Christ. That's what he's saying here. Seek after Christ. Set your mind on Christ. Not on things here on the earth, but set your affection, set your eye, set your desire on Christ. Why? Because we have died in him and we have been resurrected with him. And it has a lot to do with our thankfulness. Who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, what he will do. That really flows into these last two verses here in verses three and four, because you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So our thankfulness really begins by being raised and seeking after Christ. It's knowing that, those true statements of who he is and seeking after him. Here's the second thing. True thankfulness grows as we put off and put on the new man. So flowing from this idea of seeking the things that are above, we get a heavenly picture now of what Christ looks like as we are seeking after him, right? Because we are seeking the things which are above. And so we have this heavenly picture of Christ, And so as we are seeking him, we have to make some adjustments to what we look like. We have to constantly be in the process of taking off those works of the old man and be in the process of putting on the works of the new man. Listen to Paul's words here, verses five through nine. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked. That was your manner of life. That's how you used to live when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And we're not going to go through all of these things here about these things, putting these things off. But we need to understand that the believer in Christ should be constantly be putting these things off, taking them off. It's a constant thing that we do as a believer in Christ. We get the heavenly picture of what Christ is. We're seeking after him. The true thankfulness begins, is recognize that we've been resurrected with him and we see Christ as he is. And we start to look at ourselves and we go, man, I gotta make some adjustments here. I gotta put these things away and put them off. And so we begin to take off those things which are hindering us from our Christian life. And so this is a constant process, a continual process. Now let's really look here at verses 10 through 14 because this really helps us understand about putting on this new man and how it's tied to thankfulness, right? This true thankfulness is growing as we're putting things off and we're putting things on. And so the idea that we're getting from this passage of putting off and putting on is that of clothing. How many of you uh, this morning when you got up, you got dressed, maybe you looked in the mirror and you go, ah. You maybe changed the shirt, changed the pants, changed the dress, whatever, right? How many was that true of you today? Oh, one, okay, actually two. I did that one, all right? But sometimes we do that, right? We look in the mirror, we go, just, that doesn't look right. We change. So we got this idea of clothing, taking off the old man, putting on the new man, taking off those stinking, dirty acts and lifestyle of the flesh and putting on the righteous, clean and renewed lifestyle of Christ. And that's what he says here and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You know, the Bible has a, a lot to talk about clothing to describe our lives and relationship with the Lord. For example, in Isaiah sixty-one ten, 10, we, we see Isaiah rejoicing in the Lord because he had clothed him with the garments of salvation and covered him with the robe of righteousness. In Galatians uh, 3.27 says that as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on or clothed yourselves with Christ. Revelation 7.13-14 tells us and describes to us those that are in heaven are clothed in white robes as those who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. You see, it's about faith in Jesus and being covered by his blood with the forgiveness of sins and eternal life through his means of grace. We didn't deserve it. And he totally freely gave all of that to us. And so this putting off and putting on this clothing idea from God's perspective takes then on a whole new meaning because it has to do with the actions which reflect Jesus in our daily lives. Because remember, if you have been resurrected with him, we're seeking him and we're seeing, I got to make some adjustments here. I got to change. I got to take off those old garments and I need to be renewed. I need to put on the new man daily as we do that. So what does this have to do with thankfulness? We'll take a look at verse number 10. And really here, here's the key to our growth in Christ and growing in our thankfulness. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. The word renewed here has the idea meaning to make new or to make fresh. So being renewed reveals a much deeper basis than forgiving thanks You see, Christians have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Well, how does that happen? Well, look what Paul says here, verse number 10, in knowledge. So where does the believer in Christ receive knowledge? Through the word of God. And so the word of God is central to our lives as believers because as we are seeking the things which are above and we're seeking Christ through his word, we're being renewed in our knowledge of who Christ really is. Not what this person says Christ is, not what this person wrote about who Christ is, but we are being renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit through the word of God of who Christ is. And we're constantly being renewed through that image of who he is. And it's through the word of God. And so as a believer in Christ, it is through this growth process, as we're being renewed, that we come to see all the blessings that we really do have in Christ. Not the stuff, but what we have in Christ, who he is, what he's done for us. And so he's revealed himself to us through in his word. And notice the things that we can be thankful for. Look what he starts to say here, verse number 12 through 14. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So we recognize the true nature of his blessings, primarily in the forgiveness of sins, right? Because that's what he says here. So we can experience the eternal blessings of his grace in Christ because we're being renewed in these things. We're seeing what we're supposed to be like. And Christ gives us the ability to be holy and beloved and compassionate and have kindness and humility and meekness and patience. He gives us the ability to actually bear with one another. He gives us the ability to forgive one another just as the Lord has forgiven us. And that all happens as we are growing in Christ, seeing him for who he is and being renewed, taking off those old things, right? And putting on the new man, which is renewed after Christ Jesus. And so this thankfulness grows as we're putting off and putting on. And it's a continual process. It never does end. It's constant. Here's the last thing. True thankfulness is manifested as we experience his grace. So as we're putting off and putting on here, as our minds are being renewed in the image of Christ, we're growing in our thankfulness, and in turn, it then becomes a way of life. Right now, um, we're teaching Evelyn how to do word blends. So she's learning all of her blends. So, you know, I hear her practicing them, you know, just these two word blends, you know, going through all the vowels, A-E-I-O-U, right? And then we're putting together with the consonants, so you're learning the word blends. Now, it doesn't sound like much, but she's learning them, and she's growing through this. Well, pretty soon it's going to be manifested that she'll be able to read, right? And so it's the same idea here, That as we're growing, those things will eventually manifest themselves. That true thankfulness will manifest itself as we experience his grace. And so this true thankfulness then eventually becomes a way of life for the believer. This is the capstone, right? This is is the summit that we're reaching towards here as uh, what Paul's talking about here in Colossians 3. Take a look here again at verse number 13. We're experiencing his grace in our lives, okay? Look at verse 13. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And so to live this way actually really goes against our grain, does it not? I mean, if we're honest, if we're honest, Our sense of right, what people deserve, what we think they deserve, really is a a skewed view of justice. Because we have this idea of fairness in our minds and we think, if that person's nice to me, if they say nice things to me, if they're kind to me, then I in turn will reciprocate those types of things. But if they're rude to me, they're unkind to me, if they don't say nice things to me, now, yeah, sorry. Uh, that's not for them. So what we do and what we should be doing is we should be following what God's word says. And the way that we should be doing that is what he says about forgiving each other. And so We have this idea that we think that people deserve this based upon how they treat us. But let's bring that back to the gospel. How did Christ treat us when we were rebellious, unholy, unloving, disrespectful, unkind towards Him? He forgave. And so we've, we've been reciprocating of his grace. We have, we have seen his grace in our lives. We have, we, have, we have seen it displayed in our lives because we don't deserve his grace, do we? What do we deserve? Hell. The punishment of God upon our lives forever and ever and ever and ever. That's all we deserve. That's all that we are deserving of but he has extended his grace towards us. Take a look here at verse number 14. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And so love is what binds all these actions together in perfect harmony. We can't live lives of grace towards others without experiencing his grace in our lives as well. We have experienced his love, right? And so it's being captivated by his grace that we, in turn, live that out towards others. In Christ's life and work, we see these these actions as they were displayed towards us. And uh, as he humbled himself to save a bunch of ungrateful sinners, as he had compassion and he showed kindness to those who were unthankful, He dealt gently and showed forgiveness to those who rejected him and mistreated him and nailed him on a cross. And so that thought of love really flows into this next verse. Look at verse number 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And here it is, and be thankful. This is the manifestation of that now, right? We're experiencing it, we're growing it, we're seeking after it. And now it's actually being come manifested in our lives. And so we have this thankfulness being manifested as we are experiencing his grace and it's being manifested amongst each other, especially look, look what it says. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one, what? Body, what is that? That's the church. We've all been called in one body. And so we are to be experiencing Christ's love and his grace and in turn we are to be manifesting his love and his grace and forgiveness towards others in the body of Christ. Romans 5, 8 teaches us that God showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so the expression of love through these actions can really only flow then from God's love for us ungrateful, unthankful sinners. Thankfulness can flow only from the grace experience. Since we've experienced it, we in turn can give that out. And so thankfulness then becomes manifested in our lives. Look how this thought continues to flow here about thankfulness. Look at verse number 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Here it is, the manifestation of that. With thankfulness in your hearts to God. And here we have again that the word of God that we recognize the true nature of his blessings, right? The primarily in this forgiveness of sins. We've 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 had our minds renewed of what that is. And we could have that thankfulness and it's displayed. And so that's why it's so important to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And you know as we gather and worship, what are we doing? We're teaching, we're admonishing one another. I mean, when we had that time of uh, some testimonies, right? Dave shared with us about Joshua. You know what that is? That's teaching, that's admonishing one another. When Teresa shared with us, what is that? That's admonishing one another. What are we doing as we gather? We're teaching and we're admonishing one another. When we sing together, what are we doing? We're singing our praise to God. With what? With thankfulness in our hearts towards God. And so as we experience his grace, we are manifesting this thankfulness all the time. Now, this last verse really wraps this up for us. Look here at verse number 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There it is, giving thanks. Doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus simply means that you live out that grace in all of the many areas of your life. We don't compartmentalize church. Church is not an event, people. The body of Christ is not an event. It's our life. This is the body of Christ. This is who we identify with. We are identifying with Christ. And so we don't just say, well, okay, on Monday, that's a different way of life than Sunday. Grace, the experience of our grace needs to be living out everywhere we go because we've experienced it and we should be manifesting that wherever we are. And it's through giving thanks to God the Father through him because we have been a partaker of his grace and we're manifesting that to others. So how do you view thankfulness? Is it only for the stuff? Is it only on the surface or does it go deep? Is it because you've been resurrected with Christ? Is it because you've been seeking Christ and you've been allowing your mind to be renewed? as what scripture teaches and you're manifesting those things in a life of thankfulness. And so really I would pray that all of us would really reflect on Christ and be changed into his image and be thankful. Let's pray together.